Awesome. Well, we're going to hear from Paul, so I'm going to invite you to come up and share. It's going to be a great word this morning. Yes, it is. Come on, don't doubt. Don't be doubting. <coughs> My name's Paul, not Thomas. <coughs> Hallelujah. What is this stuff? Is this what I'm supposed to speak about? Notes, MC notes. Hallelujah. Hey, great to have you here. <laughs> I especially want to honour Mike and Joe's with him from Tauranga. But Mike, I just feel that you're a giant in the house here today. And we're honoured to have your presence here with us. I just love your spirit, alive in Christ, and we just connect in the spirit. It's great. I'm honoured to have you here. David. Is David gone? Is he still here? Oh, David. Man. David and Tina. Uh, Tina, isn't it? David and Tina Bucker come from Breakthrough Church in Australia. Wow. He's an apostle. And he spent a good number of hours yesterday down at Moira we just sharing and, and prophesying and speaking out and mobilizing the army of God, eh? The Lord's army. Yeah. Kingdom, kingdom focused. And he's a mighty man of God. And I'm very honored to have you in the house here today. David, yeah, spoken to my life and called me out and pro him and his wife prophesied over me and, and uh, just felt that word of affirmation and the calling of God upon my life and and I just honor him as a, a mighty king, a mighty warrior in Aotearoa here. He's going around in many nations, though, and uh, having great influence, but especially in the South Pacific, I believe. Awesome. Something big is on the move, eh, in the kingdom of God. I'm just feeling that in my spirit today. Hallelujah. Thankful thinking. I got a bit confused about this when I started thinking about it. We've just finished a series about the uh, power of promise. And I really love what Ian brought last week, you know, the principle when he brought that out. Because I'd spoken the week before about the promise and the problem and the provision. And then he came in with the principle. The reason why we have the problems is so that we might learn the principles of the kingdom in our lives. Hallelujah. I was really stoked about that word. Dave, you did so well this morning in communion. That was a very good word this morning, brother. That was a living word. Wow, that was cool. We're feeding upon Christ. There's blood on the heavenly mercy seat. Oh, mate, I was getting excited when you started sharing about that. And what it speaks. Oh, that's a Man, don't you just feel totally free to this morning? Goodness me. Wow, thankful thinking. For as a man thinks in his heart, so is he, the Bible says. Not as he thinks in his head, but in his heart. Yeah? And so Proverbs 4.23 says, Guard your heart with all diligence, because out of it is, are the issues of life. You know, Christ, God has given you a new heart. He's taken away that heart of stone, and he's given you a heart of flesh. And God is wanting the dry bones to have flesh and sinews come on them in Northland here. The kingdom of God is rising up under the lordship and headship of Christ. Amen? You know, peace... And unthankfulness cannot sleep in the same bed together. Is there a bit of turmoil in your life today? There's always turmoil in mine, but I have great peace. Great peace. You can't be peaceful if you're not thankful. I'm so thankful to God. You know, there was a man in um, Budapest... And he went to the rabbi one day and he, um, 
He started whinging and griping. He said, man, you just don't believe what I'm going through. He says, well, I'm stuck in a room with nine men. We're all cramped as stinks, you know, B.O. and all the rest of it. He says, what do I do? And he says, he thought for a while, the rabbi, and he said, I've got the answer. You need to take your, that big old goat you got, and you need to take him in the room with you. And then come back in a week. And he was protesting about this, you know, the smelly old goat poops everywhere and that. But in the end, he agreed to the rabbi and he went back home and he, and he took this goat into his room for a, for a whole week. What a mess, you know. I, I'm pretty sure those other, nine, those other men that were in the room with him, the other eight men, I don't think they were very pleased about that. He would have had a terrible week. But anyway, he comes back to the rabbi and he's just totally distraught. I wonder why. And uh, he says, look... <laughs> This is just a mess. That thing stinks. It's pooping everywhere. We've got it all over us. It's like you just wouldn't believe it. And he goes, right, i got the thing. I'll tell you what. You go back home and you take the goat and put the goat outside. Come back to me in a week. So he goes back home, puts the goat outside, comes back in a week. And he says, you wouldn't believe the difference. You just wouldn't believe the difference. He came back smiling. He was so happy. You know, what a difference you've made. And he had a change in his thinking. Thankful thinking. Sometimes we're much like the little boy who was given an orange by a man. And his mum says to him, what do you say? And he looks at the orange for a while and he says, peel it. You know, about 14 years ago, I went to Bangladesh, and uh, it was a life-changing experience for me. And uh, I needed—it was so hot and sticky in that land, and there was there was so much garbage and stuff around. We we're in Dhaka City, and uh, there was just piles of rotten vegetables. And you know, one minute you'd have rusty corrugated iron, and someone having a little shop with a few different coloured bits of rice, and right next door to it would be a Mercedes-Benz place with uh, the guards outside with their guns. There's like different, different levels there, but it was, it, it was great. We went through the slums in Dhaka City, and you know, I remember coming back from the slums, and I just wept. We went out about six hours out, and we ministered, and we shared the gospel. I think I spoke about 11 times when we were over there for 15 days, but the long and short of it is I came back to New Zealand, and I wanted to kiss the ground here almost because I started to appreciate what God has given me, and I started to become thankful. But that's not really where we're going this morning, really. Well, we are. <laughs> because, yeah, you can actually change the circumstances in life, but there's more than that. That's only in your thinking. And some people have it good, like us in New Zealand. Some have it bad. Sometimes those that are in other countries where there's less, I saw them happy. I saw naked children playing with sticks, and they were smiling from ear to ear. I see people over here in New Zealand with everything, and they're just they're unhappy. They worry about what they got. You can change your thinking, but God wants to give you more than that. Okay. I, I opened in our reading in the morning this week, the Bible one morning, because we read the Bible in the morning with our daughter, 12-year-old daughter Evangeline. And my eyes fell to those words, and it did not fall because it was founded on a rock. And you know the story, the wise man built his house on the rock and the house on the sand, and it did not fall because it was founded on the rock. 
And God wants our lives to be founded on the rock of Christ. And uh, I just feel the Lord wants me to go here. Back in the beginning in Genesis, do you know, we're a new creation church here at Excite. In Christ, new creatures. Old things have passed away and some things have become new. How much? Are you sure about that? Good. Well, that's great. Eight is the number of new beginning. And in Genesis chapter 1, God speaks eight times in creation. And in verse 26, he says, the eighth time. Interesting. Because he made everything and he spoke to everything that he was going to make and said, let the sea. And he spoke to the sea and let the ground bring forth, you know. But when he wanted to make man, he spoke to himself. And he said, let us make man in our image. You see, it was the crowning glory of God's creation. And eight, it's, it's, not, it's not by mistake that that was the eighth thing he made. It, it's, it's, there's a lot of eights in the Bible, but I'll just share a few. You see, when you come to Noah's Ark, God had ju- judged the world with the deluge, with the, with, the, with the flood, and the ark had eight people in it coming into a new land. It's not by chance there was only eight in it. It's the number of new beginning. When you come to when you come to Abraham, it's not by chance that the promise came through Abraham. He said, In your seed shall all the nations. That's the promise of Christ. See, the ark is a picture of Christ. Man is a picture of Christ. Eight. The ark's a picture of Christ. Abraham, in your seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. He wasn't circumcised. He was circumcised at 99 years old. He had already had Ishmael. Man was trying to work it out in their own thinking. But the little ones were circumcised the eighth day. New beginning. The seed, that seed is Christ. You come in, as in Galatians, seed singular, it's Christ. It's not by chance that God made man in the Garden of Eden. And then you read in Psalm 8, and I know the chapters and the verses were written many years later. I had a pastor laugh at me recently. He says, oh, that stuff's rubbish. Those verses and those chapters were added years later, you know. But God was still God years later. (laughs) And it's not by chance that you read in Psalm 8, what is man that you're mindful of him, or the son of man that you visit him, that man that God's mindful of. We see at the River Jordan with the dove coming down on him, that's Christ. He only wants one man. He's the tree of life. He's the ark that takes us into a new world. It's not by chance that you come through to Romans chapter 8 after struggling in chapter 7. And you find it starts with no condemnation and ends with no separation from the love of God. And you, and, and, and you have the third law there, the law of the spirit of life in Christ has set me free from the law of sin and death that you read about in the last verse. The law of sin and the law of God and the mind trying to keep the law of God. And you're just finding, what well, I'm trying, but I can't do it. And he doesn't want you to do it. He doesn't want you to try. God loves to try. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. He loves you trusting in his son. As many as received him, to them gave you the right or the power or the authority to become the sons of God. We're sons here. Sons of a king and we're kings and priests unto God here today. And we rule and reign and have authority. 
There's mighty men of God sitting in here, mighty men of the kingdom sitting in this room today. And God wants to send you out into the marketplace. We heard about that yesterday, out into the kingdom. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So Jesus wants to come into us to come into new creation. He wants us to come in. He takes us in. When you come onto the resurrection side of the cross, there is no sin. I mean, of death, I should say. The resurrection, when Jesus rose again, no longer is sin there. It was left back at the cross. Even the man that sinned is buried. The first man was of the earth earthy. That's not where God wanted to leave us. The second man is a Lord from heaven. And he's taken his blood and he's poured it on the heavenly mercy seat. And he brings a kingdom. The kingdom of God comes down. And it's lived out through us and through our spirit, not through our minds. But we gird up, we put the truth on our mind, and we're thankful people. Kingdom people are thankful people. Hallelujah. It's just a thought. So Christ is the great walker. He's the great walker that takes us into the kingdom. We get on board. You can't take Adam in there, not the first man. He's left in the ground. He's of the earth. He goes back to the ground. But we get on board. We receive him. We follow him. We hear his call on the other side of death. See, the gospel is the good news. Christ died. He was buried. He rose and he sits there and says, come. You mean through death? Yes, through death. But I've been wandering around the cross for many years. I, I quite like it because I see the love of God for me there. And when I struggle in life, I, 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 at least I can get comfort that the Son of God loved me and he gave himself for me. No, I don't want you to stay there. So often the church is revolving around the cross and he wants to bring us into resurrection. And Jesus is a walker that we go into resurrection life with. Like Noah went into a new world. He is the great walker. Have you come into life with him? He says, come, come, come follow me. No, I want the cross. You know, let it go, let it go. You can just see it, eh? Just clinging to the cross, you know. And God forbid that we should glory, saving the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by who the world is crucified to me and I to the world. And I'm set free. Set free in Christ, new life in him. Hallelujah. Now, what was I going to preach about today? Thankful thinking. <laughs> Psalm 100, verse 4 and 5 says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him. Hallelujah. Oh, I love that coming here at Excite in the morning, you know. Great team leading the worship, free in Christ. Glory, life in him, alive from the dead. Be thankful to him and bless his name, for the Lord is good. But at Psalm 95, I want us to look at today. And I've just got three short points there in Psalm 95. And it's a call for us to worship, to worship our God. Psalm 95, verse 1 to 3. It says, Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Build your house on the rock. It did not fall because it was founded on a rock. Is your life founded on that rock? Do you feel that stability there? Oh, the Lord never changes. He's steadfast. He's the rock of our salvation. Verse 2, let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout joyfully to him in psalms, with psalms. For the Lord is the great God. He's the creator. All life flows out of him. He is the source of all life. And the great king above all gods. This is the Lord. And so my first point today is look up and thank God for his power. 
His power has been made known through the gospel. In fact, the gospel is the power of God unto salvation to all who believe. Do you believe this morning? Are you resting in His finished work? Are you trusting in Jesus, your Lord and Savior? Is He your life? In Him is life, John said, and that life is the light of man. Boy, I tell you, if you receive Him, you, your whole being will be lit up. Amen. Have you seen John and Linda? Have you seen Reuben and Harmony? Have you seen Dave and Glennis and Ian and Sophia? Have you seen my beautiful wife lit up? Glory. In Him is life. What power. God has done it all. God has done it all. God has done it all. He doesn't leave it up to man. We, we can't do it. That's why it's good news. It's finished. God didn't wait one moment. He ripped the veil and he came out in blessing. His heart was always towards us. Like that verse from Romans 5 and 8 that I used to have on our old house down at Tokopru. 100-year-old Cary Villa in one of the worst streets in Tokopru. And, and, uh, and it was there. God commands his love toward us. And that why we were yet sinners. Christ died. He didn't come. He came for us in all our need. And it's a love to be commanded. People today don't want religion. They don't need religion. The letter kills. They don't need to be with their mind trying to serve the Lord of God because Jesus has fulfilled it for us. And it's been fulfilled in us as we abide in him daily. It's a love to be commended. Our Father loves us so much. He loves you so much. He knows all that you're going through. He was always there in your life. He sends His angels, His ministering spirits to minister to those who are not even saved yet. And you might know there's just something out there that's a bit bigger than yourself. Well, He's been watching out for you. But today He wants you to open your heart. He wants you to come over into life, receive Jesus as Lord of your life. Not just live life in your mind but to receive Him. Life is in Christ, not in our minds. It's not through saying the right thing or, or doing the right thing. It's through receiving Him. Look up and thank God for His power. Thankful thinking. Psalm 95, verse 4 and 5, it says, In His hand are the deep places of the earth. Wow. The heights of the hills are all His also. Wow. The sea is his. Wow. For he made it, and his hand formed the dry land. <clears throat> there we need to look up and just see what God's plan is. He's made it. He's the source of life. He's the great architect. He's the great planner. And he's got plans for our lives. It's in Jeremiah 29 and 11. He says, I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. And you say, yeah, but I'm just trying to do this. And he says, well, I'll just wait till you're finished. But the trouble, you've been going on for many years and you're still not finished. And he's got plans. And he has, he's designed you with a purpose. And it's a kingdom purpose. And he wants to send you out with the gospel of the kingdom. He wants to send you out with the good news. Not the bad news. Not, 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 not choose heaven or hell for eternity or you need to or you should where we make man's mind make choices. The gospel's not all about our choice. It's about God's choice. And when I was far from him, he chose to 
reveal his love to me through his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. He chose me in Christ from before the foundation of the world. I was a twinkle in my father's eye before he even made the world. He had me in his heart in Christ. Glory to God. He wanted to bring many sons to glory. He didn't just want to breathe into their nostrils, man's nostrils, and then become a living soul. He wanted to bring them into Christ, them to receive him. And the Shekinah glory that rests on that man will be in us. Because we now are the temple of the living God. Hallelujah. Look up and see God's, and thank God, sorry for his plans. Thank him. It's his way, not our ways or the highways. It's his way. That's what counts. You're not my will, Jesus said, but yours be done. Jesus did this. We need to start thanking God for the answer to our prayers. Jesus, when he um, fed the 5,000, before he distributed the loaves and the fishes, he actually gave thanks to God. And then God did the miracle. We need to just thank him for the miracles that are coming this week as we go out into the marketplace with the gospel of the kingdom. Maybe your healing hasn't manifested in your own eyes yet, but just start thanking God. Thank Him. Jesus gave thanks. He was standing there at the grave of Lazarus. Lazarus had died. He was four days dead. His body was already decaying. It stunk. But Jesus spoke to Lazarus. But before that, He, he gave thanks and He raised him from the dead. He said, thank you, Father, that you hear me. You've heard me. I already know you've heard me. Now I'm going to call Lazarus forth because you've heard me. See, give thanks. That's what it's like when you're in the kingdom. Of course, when you're still in the world and you're clinging hard to the cross and you haven't come into new life fully and you're not walking in the spirit, you, you, you're just still operating in your five senses, natural senses. If you, and then just seeing it's believing it. But not in the kingdom. Believing it's seeing it. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The evidence comes with faith and then it manifests in the kingdom of God. Amen. Glory. Jesus gave thanks for the bread and the cup. That always touches my heart, that. He gave thanks for the bread and the cup. He knew what it meant to him. He knew what he was going to suffer. And he gave thanks to his father. After he'd said, and then he went out to Gethsemane. After that, and he said, not my will, but yours be done. He's totally surrendered to the Father. God wants you this morning to be totally surrendered to your Father. But you can't do that in your own strength. Only in the one who is fully surrendered will you be that. Will you be surrendered? And you can receive him as Lord of your life this morning. You might be holding out against him. It doesn't change the fact that he still loves you. He's patient. He's waiting for you. Thankful thinking. Psalm 95, verse 2, and then 6 and 7 says, Let us come, verse 2, let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Verse 6, O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Look up and thank God for his presence. When you look up to him, 
You recognize that we have been raised up with Christ. We've been seated in heavenly places in Christ. God has raised us up. He chose us in Christ. He sent his son to be the savior. It's already done. And he has us there in that place of security. And we see we're in him. And we, we, we occupy that same place. He's raised us up with Christ and seated us there, blessed us with all spiritual blessings. And we thank him for his presence because then as we look up, as we look outside of our own physical existence, as we look out by faith to the Lord Jesus Christ, the source of all life, the one who has won the victory for us, suddenly we have the presence of God dwelling in us. Life, we walk in the Spirit. And then it wells up, wells up within the life of the Spirit. Just like Jesus got up and cried on the great, the last day of the feast, if anyone thirst, let him come to me and drink. I know what it was to be thirsty. I know what it was. To, I knew what it was before I came to Christ back in my 20s when I, or in teenage years. But then when I came to 20 and a half, I got saved. But I knew what it was to be thirsting and looking for love and, and, and looking in all the wrong places and, and, and so insecure. And I was thirsting, but when I received Jesus, I found that he satisfied my soul. He came and dwelt within me. My thirst was quenched. What a relief. What life. Glory to his name. We had a great day yesterday. So those are the three things. I'll just go over them quickly. Look up and thank God for his power. Look up and thank God for his plans. Submit your will to his plans. Look to him. Don't try. Look to his power. Don't try yourself and look up and thank God for his presence. His presence is dwelling within us. And God wants us to take his presence out through Northland, out into the marketplace as it were, through the week. And David and Chitina were sharing yesterday, and I might just uh, speak to one or two things they said. One of the things was when God shares his word with us, it's not just for us. And it's not just for the church, but it's for our nation. And it's not for us to be selfish and hold it to ourselves, but it's for us to take out the power of the gospel, the good news, not the bad news, the gospel of what God has accomplished in his son. Not the bad news of heaven or hell for eternity, and you need to and you should, but just tell them what God has done. Tell them of his love. Share that with people. And it's a word for our nation. See, the kingdom is not the church. It's bigger than that. And I like the way that uh, the team was serving last night with Hope Church here and the meal and the dinner that they had. And uh, no walls between. Many of Excite were here having the dinner. And it's great. That is kingdom. And, and, and they want to go out to the marketplace too and have a feast in the street. And uh, they were raising money for that. And, and, and they're passionate about people just like we are here at Excite. We always have been. We've gone to the marketplace. We do the, uh, we do the Easter Sunday gala in the park and all those thousands of people that come through that. We've done many things. And God wants us to keep it up. But he's called you specifically and he wants to send you out. And he's anointing you to go out and take his power and his authority out into the marketplace every day of the week. One of the things that um, David shared yesterday was that there's only about 5% of people that are in full-time service in the Lord in the church. The other 95 are sent out for full-time service out in the marketplace. You're out there in your workplace. 
You carry the authority of God, the presence of God. The power of God lives in you. And you can take him out into the marketplace and you can make a difference. That's the kingdom, the great walker from the north. God's going to roll back the reproaches from the outermost parts of the earth. We keep saying that. We feel it in our spirit. He's starting here in Aotearoa, the furthest place from Jerusalem, the first place where the sun rises. Let him rise, the son of righteousness. Let him rise with healing in his wings. Oh, Lord, come and move in Aotearoa, we pray. Hallelujah. Have your way. Your will be done, Father. You know, we don't go to church. We are the church here at Excite. We're the church 24 hours a day, seven days a week, but we're also in the kingdom. You know, church is really, on a Sunday, is really like the lock, locker room. This is what David shared yesterday. And the game starts on Monday, or it starts when we leave church. And we're here in the locker room, and we're about to go out, and the game's about to start. And that's the kingdom of God when we go out and it's the locker room and you're being prepared and you're being anointed by God and blessed by God and you're given His Word to take out through the week and to share with our nation. Then we come back on Sunday, next Sunday, and we're going to celebrate together the goodness of our God and just share the miracles that He's doing in our lives and through us. You have all the authority if you're a believer in Jesus, if you're a son of the living God. You have all the authority of heaven behind you this morning. I just want you to go forth boldly. There's many kings in our congregation. God's raising up leaders. Wayne and Christy, God has a great work for you in your life. He's raising you up. This is only the beginning. He's called you with a purpose. And you're going to be blown away with what God's going to do in your life and how he's going to use you to expand his kingdom over the next few years. Reese and Carmel, turmoil in life that you've been through, something being birthed in you, not just the little boy, my grandson son that's on his way in February or whenever he comes. There's something great that God is birthing in you both. Just be encouraged. He's raising you up, but be patient also. It's part of the fruit of the Spirit. You dwell in him, just keep abiding in him. Marcus, I know the I know the Lord's put something great on your heart. And we rejoice with you, brother, and the wife, your wife that's coming to be with you. And the story's not over. You are mighty, you're a king, you rule, you have authority from your heavenly father. Daily you're in his presence. Keep that up. Your quiet time. Keep that up. It's his voice you want to hear. It's a powerful, powerful voice. You're mighty. I'm honored to have you here, Marcus. I love my brother. I love all of you. Hallelujah. Two nights ago, I had a dream. And it was, it was that, that there was this paddock full of thistles growing up. But they weren't just thistles. They already had the flowers on them. Now, I was brought up on a farm, and I know that if you don't spray the thistles, they don't. If you let the thistles go to seed head, suddenly you got thistles everywhere. And here I was dreaming about this, and I was, I was a bit anxious in my sleep about it. But then the Lord showed me. He showed me that this had a spiritual meaning. Because I was asleep, and I wanted to get out there and spray the thistles or dig them out before the seed heads dropped their seed. Because then they would be multiplying. 
And it's back to where we started here this morning. Guard your heart with all diligence because out of it flow the issues of life. What are you sowing into the garden of your heart? God does not want you to sow diverse seed. What goes through the eye gate, through the ear gate. He wants His good seed, the incorruptible seed of the Word of God to be sown in your heart and to sow that throughout Northland. Sometimes the thorns and thistles will come up and choke the good seed because you're sowing with diverse seed, other seed that shouldn't be there. And you know who you are as you sit here today. And if God is speaking to you, He's doing it out of love because He loves you so much. He wants you to see you bearing fruit in your garden, fruit for the kingdom, fruit for Him. He wants to see a harvest coming from your life. So if He's not Lord in every area of your heart, in every area of your life today, make Him Lord. It's a simple thing. Just repent. Change your heart. Change your mind. Stop trying. Look beyond yourself. Say, Father, Your will, not mine, be done. Let Him be Lord over every area of your life. Don't be anxious about anything. But with all prayer and supplication or earnest pleading, make your request made known unto our Heavenly Father with thanksgiving and the peace of God will just rule in your heart hallelujah well there you go that's the word for today I believe that uh, it's time to stand and worship and be thankful hallelujah you're a blessed people glory to God